Hey everyone, welcome to Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Brie Marie from livingbrilliant.com. I'm a blogger, online course creator, a mindset and success strategist, and now a podcast host. This podcast is all about how our mindset creates the reality of every aspect of our lives, from money, to relationships, to careers, to entrepreneurship, and even our health and wellness. I know firsthand just how powerful our mindset is, and just how easy it can be to get lost in the complexities of life. Through my own journeys with anxiety, a tough career transition, building a blog from scratch, and a super shaky start with online entrepreneurship, I've been able to connect with experts, coaches, entrepreneurs, and other bloggers from all around the world who are now excited to share their transformational stories and mindset shifts with you. So let's jump in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life. So before we jump in to today's guest and me talking about how awesome she is, I want to go over three things really quickly. So number one, last week I posted my first solo episode. I posted a bonus episode like a couple of weeks ago where I talk about my podcast process. But this week's episode is about my anxiety. It was, or last this week's, this last week that I posted on Wednesday was me talking about the three mindset shifts that have helped me with my anxiety. And I really loved doing the solo episode. And I was like, you know what? It's a bit much. It would be a super long episode episode if I did interviews and solo. So what I decided to do was to post the interviews that I do on Mondays. And then on Fridays, I'm going to be releasing, posting, uploading, however you want to phrase it, a short 15 to 20 minute uh, episode where I talk about mindset shifts. And I'm going to choose one each week. And I'm going to talk about it and discuss it. And I think that it will be really cool because I don't want to I don't want to talk about these things when I'm doing the interviews because I'm like, it's about this person. It's not about me kind of thing. Like when I'm interviewing someone, you know, I don't want to be too self-centered and narcissistic. So I figured that it would be best (laughs) for me to basically just split, not split, not even split, just basically record a solo episode that will go up on Fridays. So I'm super stoked about that. Second thing, I've been working on a project and I am so, okay, wow, Mike, I'm still getting used to the mic situation, you guys. Okay, give me a break. Um, I'm working on something pretty cool and I'm super excited about it. I can't talk about it yet because I want to make sure everything's signed, sealed, delivered, but we're getting super close to being able to talk about it. Hopefully it's going to come out November 1st, and it's actually something that's not going to be attached 
to living really my blog and mindset and all I mean it kind of is but it's not like I'm gonna have it on my blog but it'll also have its own website if you can kind of catch my drift here um, I'm so excited about this I have been working with an incredible incredible person uh, who's helping me w- work on the things the thing the things that I am talking about So I'm super stoked about that. I've always wanted to do this, but again, I had my own limiting beliefs. It's kind of been planted, a seed's been planted uh, earlier this year, and then my limiting beliefs came in, and they were like, you don't have the audience. Like, no, no one would actually like this. And I have just been in a state of, like, up-leveling. I don't know if it's because it's Q4, and I'm just like really motivated to kind of set up some certain things um, by the end of the year. So I don't know what it is, but I'm super stoked. I really hope that you guys like it. I've been working. I want to say I, I feel like it's the weirdest project that I've worked on because it hasn't. I've been spending a lot of time. Obviously, I've been working hard, but I don't feel stressed out. There's been stressful moments, but it's not like hair pulling stressed out. Like, Everything has literally just, like, it's flowed. Like, finding the person to help me actually bring this to fruition literally, like, happened. Like, I had the idea, and then I just kind of, like, it all, it was just, like, it was just so crazy how everything just kind of flowed together very naturally. So, that's how I really know that I'm in alignment, (laughs) is, like, because things just really flowed. But yeah, I know I've been teasing for like the last couple of minutes. I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm hoping that'll come out November 1st. If you are signed up for any of my emails, you will probably be the first people to know about it, Um, which is a perfect segue into (laughs) my last thing before I start talking about our guest is emails. Okay, I got this email this weekend and it said... I know you're probably never going to read this, but, um, you guys, I literally read every single email. I have a VA, a virtual assistant, who helps me kind of prioritize my emails, and she has a folder that she puts in there for people that send me emails. And I carve out an hour in my schedule every single day to read and respond to emails that you guys send me. I read every single email because I truly believe that without you, I would not be able to do any of this. And if I can connect with you, if I can figure out what you need and how I can help you better, if that's proper English, um, I'm going to do that. And so I will always take the time to read your emails and respond until it is physically impossible for me to do so. So if you ever want to send me an email, I have two email addresses. One is info at livingbreely.com and that is where my VA sticks comes in and she does more customer support if there's an issue with your chorus or anything like that. Um, She'll be the one to help you and take care of that. And then I also have my direct email, which is livingbreely at gmail.com. So you, those are like the two best ways to get in contact with me. Sorry, my phone just went off. I don't know how to turn the uh, do not disturb on my computer. 
So that's something I didn't figure out. But anyway, <laughs> let's jump into our guest, uh, Jen Gagnon, who I actually met through Maria C. Krause, who was the first guest on the podcast and one of my really, really good friends. And we connected on Facebook and I really loved the work that Jen was doing. She's a whole health coach and she is also she also does Reiki. And I just really believe in the work that she's doing. And we ha- we learned from some of the same teachers, which are like Wayne Dyer, Gabby Bernstein, Abraham Hicks. So we just really had a great time recording this episode. I truly believe that sometimes healing our body doesn't always come in the form of like counting calories and like eating certain foods. I do think that that's important. I'm not saying it's not, but I think looking at like whole health, like emotions and like trauma and well like overall well-being isn't just doesn't just come from your workout routine and the food that you eat it's a huge part of it but I also think that a huge part of it is your emotions and Jen and I talk about that and I'm just super super grateful that she came into my life and that we were able to connect and do this episode for you guys I really hope that you enjoy it all of her links will be in the episode description and I will talk to you guys on Friday hi jen how are you hello hi how are you good how are you good so jen lives in new hampshire right yes and you are a whole health coach. And Jen and I actually met on Facebook through Maria C. Krause, right? Yes. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Uh, I'm Jen, and I'm a whole health coach. I believe deeply and profoundly in being aligned mind, body, and soul. And I feel that if you're lacking in one of those areas, then it's hard to really find true happiness. And so I help women really find a way to align in all those areas and find a way to find their path, find their happiness, find their bliss, really. Okay. very. That's so interesting. I think that the more and more that I've talked to health coaches, the more and more they tell me like, it's not like nutrition obviously is a very important part of it, but it's also so many other factors that go go into health. So I think that's a really great shift that we're making away from kind of like focusing on calories and like, you know, all of those things. It's it's like you can have the best body in the world, but if you're a miserable person, like exactly. are you really healthy? Right. And it's all about how you feel versus I think before and even for me where I was and where I'm at now, you know, the fad dieting and the losing the weight and trying to fit into what society tells us we should be looking like versus knowing how you feel and what feels good to you. I think they're two completely different things. And I think we're um, getting into this like movement where women are kind of realizing where it is about how they feel versus, you know, fitting this mold that's, you know, a size zero or Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So you also do energy work, and I'm going to pronounce this probably wrong, but it's called Marconics. Yes. So what, so I'm familiar with like Reiki, but I'm, you were kind of chatting about this before that that's something that's very different. So 
Can you kind of explain what Marconix is and maybe how it differentiates from Reiki? So Marconix is a multidimensional um, energy healing modality for the light body. And so um, Reiki is for the 3D body, it, it, just to put it into perspective, and the, the Marconix is more for your light body. So, you know, five-dimensional above. It helps you get past that 3D um, programming that we're all, you know, accustomed to and kind of rise above the fear um, and be able to attain, you know, higher dimensions. So it's different in that aspect. It's not better. I think the, the energy work is just different, you know, from one to the next and they just do different things. Um, so Marconics is, is more so for your light body and healing that. And, and we have seen um, healing on the physical level because you're healing on a higher level, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And so how did you get introduced to Marconics? Um, I was on my own journey. Um, so it all started for me with health and fitness. And then when I realized that that wasn't really cutting it, I wasn't, I was getting the results physically that I wanted. Um, but on a internal level, I wasn't. And so, um, I had somebody that I, um, that I know, uh, and that I knew from, um, baby yoga classes and I saw her started posting about this and um, got interested and kind of started asking questions and so one thing went to the next and I, um, I booked a session with her and it kind of all started there and kind of unfolded that's very cool I really think sometimes like the best things that you get yourself into always come from just like happen chance like oh I met this person and like this happened so very cool yeah. And, and so on top of the narcotics, you were talking about health and wellness and also your own journey with that. So how did you kind of get started in, in everything that you're doing now? Um, well, like I said, I started on my um, personal journey with fitness and nutrition. And um, because what happened is after having three kiddos, uh, we had our own business, you know, running the household. I kind of gave everything to everybody and kind of forgot myself. I think like most moms do, you know, it's kind of, it's part of the deal, you know, or so we think. And so I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I wasn't, I'd never had big problems, you know, in, 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 you know, my teenage years and whatnot. And then after having three kids, it was kind of like, I wasn't uncomfortable. And I thought that, you know, fitting in, was going to make me happy. So I started on this fitness journey. I started doing beach body workouts, which worked phenomenally physically. I was losing the weight, but what I was noticing is I was still stuck in the same rut mentally and, and, and emotionally. So I was um, kind of a half gla uh, glass half empty type girl, mm -hmm. even though, you know, from the outside, it looked like it was awesome. You know, I, I, we, we own our company, we traveled, I have three beautiful, healthy children, I have a husband. Um, so everything looked great from the outside, but for me, for myself, I still wasn't comfortable. I still wasn't happy. I, I felt like I was like, there was just something more I needed, you know? Yeah. And so, um, personal development, I had heard about it and read about it and always thought, oh my gosh, that's not for me, right? I'm a normal adult, so to speak. Um, why in the world would I need to read these personal development books? Um, 
but at a certain point it was kind of like, you know, I was kind of hitting a wall. And so I, I, you know, what the hell, you know, I'll read this book. And I remember it was the four agreements, which was the first book that, you know, when I typed in personal development online, that's one of the, the books that came up and it's kind of history from there. That book definitely changed my life. And then I just got into more personal development and, and more, you know, um, a little spiritually led books um, down the road. But the personal development books were a huge, huge, huge in my journey. Um, and when I started reading those and actually implementing what they were saying, because at first I was reading, but I wasn't, I wasn't getting it, I feel like. That's, I was just going to say, I think a lot of the times, like we can read all the personal development books in the world, but after a certain point, you have to start actually taking action with the things that you're learning from the books. Um, So I was going to ask you, like, what was that mindset shift like for you where you were like, I read all these great books, but now I actually have to apply the knowledge that I'm learning. It took a little bit of time because I was reading it, but I was, I kind of felt like I was reading it, but it wasn't, how should I put it? Like I I was reading it and it sounded great and it, it, you know, it, it, it looked great, but I still felt like it wasn't for me to a certain extent. You know what I mean? And then at, at one point again, you know, when you're at that wall and you keep doing these things um, and, and nothing's changing. And then I read the quote, quote, you know, if you keep doing the same thing, stop accepting, expecting a different result. And so I kind of went back to the drawing board and said, okay, I'm going to implement these things. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to I'm going to do the work and Marconics kind of came into my life around the same time. And so I think those two together were just exactly what I needed. Um, you know, paying attention to my thoughts was so huge for me. And I realized, you know, in, in every day I realized a little bit more how bad I was before at just not paying attention, you know, not being conscious at all, just kind of going through the movements, going through the, the day, going through everything I had to do, not really paying attention to, to how I was actually thinking in the whole glass half empty was coming from that, you know? Um, so I started implementing little by little because I, um, I used to be a go all in type girl. And then I was, you know, kind of die off. Same thing with my workouts, you know, for a certain amount of time. And so, um, I started really implementing all of this stuff that I was learning and, and kind of made it part of my routine and made it non-negotiable to do it. Um, and that's definitely when I really saw shifts happen. And I was, like I said, I was seeing my girlfriend who was doing Marconics at the time. She still is actually. Um, but that was helping as well and kind of discussing things with her. But my mindset was what got me to where I am today. And, and like I always say, it doesn't mean that my life's perfect. I don't think it'll ever be perfect. But I have the tools now to deal with whatever's thrown my way. And I feel like I realized and I, I, I kind of understood that life is happening for me and not to me, which mm-hmm. I think was a huge epiphany for me. Yeah. Um, but no, absolutely. It's definitely, um, definitely the turning point in where I was able to say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm fit, I'm healthy, you know, I'm taking care of my body um, inside, but I also need to feed it and fuel it on a mental level and on an emotional level and on a soul level. Um, and that's where it, it kind of clicked. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you said too that like really stuck with me was you're talking about being aware of your thoughts and just like how negative thought, like how you were full of just negative thoughts all the time. And you said something in one of our previous conversations that I want to bring up is that you were said for every negative thought, you try to find three positive thoughts. Yes. And that was kind of, that was one of the keys was that the more I paid attention at first, maybe I was, you know, coming up with one time during the day where I was thinking something negative, but in that moment, right then, right there, I would, you know, I would switch it and I would, I would find three positive things to come up with. And it kind of, it, it shifted my mood, you know, cause I feel like when I have those negative thoughts or we have those negative thoughts, we kind of go into this downward, downward spiral where it's kind of just like, you know, crappy thought after crappy thought. Whereas when I was switching it to three positive, I was snapping myself out of that funk that I was in and, and really elevating my mood. Um, and the more I did it, the better I became at it, you know? So the next, the next week I might've been realizing twice a day that I was having these negative thoughts. Right. And now it's kind of like, I feel like throughout the day I'm paying attention to my thoughts. I want to say, you know, 80 to 90% of the time, which is huge for me. Right. I mean, that's you that's huge. It, you just, you know, and, and that's why I realized how bad I was, right? And and just going through the motions and doing the daily stuff and, you know, doing stuff that I didn't enjoy. And sometimes I was doing stuff that I thought I didn't enjoy, but I wasn't enjoying it because I didn't realize what it was there for, or, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't there enough. I wasn't present enough to be able to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I think too, I think people totally underestimate how powerful our thoughts are. Like you can really like shift your entire life just with the power of thought. Um, Beyond like a doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that that's possible. It's kind of like manifestation. When I read about that the first time, I was like, what's this person smoking? Um, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Like, the other day it was funny because I was, I was sitting down and I was, I was working on this, pro, this course that I was launching. And um, manifestation was one of the, the, the things that I talk about. And I kind of realized, and it was, I was kind of like dumbfounded. I'm like, why am I so surprised? Like, I, I never realized how much I was manifesting since I was a young kid. Um, the, you know, and, and so now it's kind of like, I do it, but consciously. And yeah. I, I think, and again, you know, if somebody would have said this to me, six years ago, I would have been like, you're off your rocker, you know, let's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of how, I know you mentioned um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. That's literally, like, that book was so paradigm shifting for me on just, like, every level. Um, And for someone who maybe hasn't read the book, it's mostly about how, I mean, not mostly, but part of it is about your thoughts. And how, like, you're basically, like, there's, like, your ego, and then there's also yourself. And sometimes, like, your ego is the driver of of a majority of your thoughts and, like, those less than uh, favorable favorable emotions. Um, But that was exactly kind of the same experience I had. Like, I purchased the book, um, and I read, like, 
maybe two or three pages and I was like this guy is is a crock of shit like what (laughs) yeah I was like nope this is definitely not for me closed it like put it on my bookshelf and I talk about I've talked about this quite a few times but it was like I got really sick one year and I had to like blown through the whole season of friends on Netflix and I was like I need something else like I cannot watch another episode of anything on TV and so I picked up the, I went to my bookshelf and for whatever reason, probably divine timing, I picked up the power of now and I was like, I'll give this another shot, you know? Um, and I picked it up. I read those first three pages over again and I was like, oh, this is exactly what I needed. So yes. I almost feel like sometimes you have to be in a place to receive for those sure. types of messages and really understand like the value in them depending on where you are in your life. So I think that that's pretty true for like people and books and teachings and just everything in general. Sometimes it has to be, be the the right time for you to kind of really tap into those things. Definitely. I feel like there's a a book for every season of my life, like where I was at and, you know, books that I've read now that, you know, even three years ago, I would have been like, what is this person talking about? you know, who reads this stuff, who believes in this stuff. And now it's kind of like, you know, I'm a firm believer and I'll, you know. Yeah. And I think like once, like once I read Eckhart Tolle, I started, I went back and I read The Secret. I watched The Secret on, um, I think it was on Amazon at the time. So, and it was like, everything just had like a different meaning to me. So it was like, sometimes I think we like read things or we listen or hear things that like, we're like, okay, that makes sense, like whatever. But when you kind of really are receptive and in that time of your life where you're like vulnerable enough to receive those things, I think you can learn even more or like certain things. You're just more open-minded around, around those things. And that happens to me too. Like I'll reread books that I read and I get, I get a different message to a certain extent. Like I still read the same book, but the Mm -hmm. message that comes through is different because I interpret it differently and and I get it differently, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. I think that's like the sign of really good literature though as well. Um, So other than Eckhart Tolle, so who else do you really learn from? Wayne, uh, Wayne Dyer was definitely one of, the best and then you know the four agreements done 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 the girl release yes yeah i can never um, say his name either. <laughs> um but wayne dyer was definitely i think i read all of his books uh, or listened to them on audio and i felt i feel like he was kind of my transitioning mm. so, because i feel like he he brought all these um thoughts or all these these knowings but he, he said them or, or wrote them in a simple way for me to understand, I think, and for me to receive the information. It wasn't kind of like way out there for me. Um, it was tangible. And I even watched a few of the documentaries that um, he has. Is it on Food Matters TV, maybe? Um, and oh, I've so, never watched any of those. I'll have to check those yeah, out. Yeah, there was definitely one that I, I watched or maybe two, but they were relatable and they were like, they were just, I, I feel like they were explained in a simple enough way um, that I got it. And it, it, it might just be me, but I just felt that it was really relatable. It was explained, you know, simply but straight to the point and things that I could implement as I read them. Because by that point, I was really trying to implement 
all the things that I was reading, you know, not just reading it to read it, but really trying to grasp the concepts and see how I could apply it to my life to, you know, grow, because that was really the point was when I got onto this journey, um, it was all about finding happiness, but in the end, it's really about growing and evolving as, you know, as a human being. Yeah, I think sometimes we place, we have an overemphasis on happiness. Um, and I think too, like just throughout my own, I, I feel so like funny calling it a journey, but it really is a journey. Um, I've learned for me, like happiness, like isn't a constant flow state for me. Like it's more like I have, have several happy moments that kind of like equate to a happy life. So I'm not so focused yes. on like trying to obtain happiness all the time because I think in life there's a polarity to everything. Um, and so yes. I think when we try to, yeah, there, it literally is like an, is nature. <laughs> like, um, yes. So, so I, I think that I've kind of, and that was something that I've learned just from the books that I've read and the teachers and coaches that I've had is like, you're not, you're not supposed to be happy 24 seven. And just because you're not happy one day doesn't mean that something is like intrinsically wrong with you. Like you're just a human being no. who's having a bad day. And if we want to evolve, we have to have these moments, these triggers, these times where we're in reflection or, or things aren't going exactly our way, because I think everything's presented to us to teach us a lesson. And if it's not, you know, if it's not something that we like, then we need to look a little further than, the actual situation and figure out why it's happening and, and why it's triggering us and what we can do to kind of acknowledge that we're being triggered by something, something's not making us happy to be able to work through and kind of move on. And I think having tools to be able to do that is huge. I mean, I would have never said anything like this ever in my entire life, you know, or I never would have thought I would have said something like this, but now I know, and I've put it to the test, you know, I've had, times where things happen or people are triggering me or things are triggering me and the reaction I have now is not the reaction I would have had five years ago because I kind of know to look a little bit deeper than the surface yes to work through those things so it's so and I think two people think sometimes that it's not okay like if you're if you're a coach or if you're some sort of mentor like you always have to have you know the smile on your face and you know and it's all rainbows and unicorns, but it's not. And that's okay because that's how we learn. I think when we, but when, I think when we're able to take a step back when things happen and acknowledge that they're happening and kind of work through them versus just shoving the feelings down and trying to put on a, you know, front face, I think it makes a world of difference because you're acknowledging it, you're dealing with it, and then you can release it and kind of move on to, you know, greener pastures. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, two things I want to touch on is the thing you talked about with, um, oh, what did you just say? I just had it and now I lost it. It was about um, how five years ago you were like, the reactions would be totally different. And that's when I first started like my whole thing, it was with meditation. And so it was like very weird when I would like I mean, we all have like that one family member, right? That's just like so triggering for us. <laughs> like, I don't know what your family is like, but like I have that one family member. I'm just like, every time I'm at a family dinner, like this person is going to piss me off. <laughs> like I just kind of like already anticipate it. And yeah. I remember like going to the dinner and it was like, I wasn't like anticipating, like I didn't hold that anxiety or that anticipation of like, I'm going to get in an argument. I'm going to like get defensive. And I remember this person like coming up to me and 
trying to like get a rise out of me and trying to get a rise out of like everyone else that was there. And I remember like, I didn't react. Like I just felt really sad. Like I was like, I feel really bad for this person that this is how, this is the only way that they know how to connect. And this is the only way that they know how to communicate is, is through trying to like, you know, pick on other people or like pick on people's pain spots and like bring up those like sad and uncomfortable feelings for them. Like that's just how they connected. And so I was like, instead of being angry and defensive, it was like, I just had this like immense sense of compassion for this person. And I think that all started with having compassion with, for myself first. Right. And I think some people, when they hear that, they're like, oh, you just let people walk all over you, you know, rather than confronting or, but I think what people don't understand is just like I didn't understand before is how the only thing we control is how we react and Mm -hmm. how we let others, uh, you know, how we allow them to, to kind of affect us. And, And like you said, you know, you had compassion for that person because you realized that that's the only way they knew how to communicate. And sometimes people piss us off and we kind of, you know, I would be the first one to kind of go to bat. Um, but now it's more like, okay, I, I'll get a little angry, but I'll kind of try to take a step back and say, okay, where is this person coming from? Because I tr- another thing that I've been trying to really work on is releasing judgment. Um, because we don't know what anybody else is going through. Um, right. So rather than, you know, just judging and having these preconceived notions, I try to kind of take a step back, you know, because sometimes I get all fired up and then I'm like, wait a minute, like I just need to <laughs> sit back yeah. and really, you know, analyze the situation. Um, and that's been huge as well. No, that's exactly active, you know, and, and I'm not adding fuel to the fire kind of. Yeah. That's no, that's really how I am too. I like can be very reactive and very explosive. Um, especially when I'm like, you know, so I feel like I, someone's intentionally like poking me with a stick to try to get a rise out of me. Um, but I think that that's something too, like I've learned like, okay, this person's making me mad, but I don't have to respond or react right away. And I do the same thing you do. Like, it's almost like you start going into like a different process instead of reacting, you're starting to think like, how is this person feeling? Where are they coming from? Like, and it's at the end of the day, like every, like people's actions and the things that they say says way more about the person than it does about you. And I think like when you kind of remove yourself away from the equation, like, oh, this person is trying to hurt me because they're actually hurting. Um, or they're actually going through these things or like, this is a a triggering thing for them. And I forgot who said it. I know it was, I always forget who says this and I say it all the time. It's like as, as human beings, like our brain doesn't recognize other characteristics of people that we do not hold ourselves. So it's like, if I'm annoyed with some, yeah, like if I'm annoyed with someone who's like, too assertive or to this, it's probably because I possess those same characteristics because our brain can't differentiate. Like if my, if I didn't have those characteristics, my brain wouldn't register with it. Right. Right. And I think one thing is knowing that you're doing yourself a service by not reacting because, you know, when we react, we get all worked up and then we get like ticked off and like your, you know, your blood's boiling. And then after that, you kind of feel guilty or you feel, you know, you know, you feel like you should have dealt with it differently or whatnot. I feel like when I take that step back right away, I feel like, you know, I'm not energetically available to, you know, react or to make myself feel that way. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's draining. Like it's a very draining energetically. Like, and that was a huge thing for that I had to learn too, which is why I'm glad that you brought up the Marconic stuff was because like, I feel like energetically, like people don't realize how important it is to focus on your energy. Like, it's not like good vibes only. It's like, no, sometimes people have shitty vibes that you need to like run away from or like they have their negative or like their drain. Like there are people that you're going to meet that like you, you feel so tired after hanging out with. And like, there's just so many different types of energy sources and like things and everyone's so different in how I feel like they kind of, use their energy as well so sometimes you just gotta like step away from those people I'm all about protecting my energy like that's like one of the things that's like a non-negotiable for me wherever I go my energy I make sure is always protected because I feel like if I don't I'll notice when I walk into some places you know and again this is something I'm saying that five years ago I would have called myself crazy right legit (laughs) but now I know and when you I think when you're more conscious of this stuff you feel it and, and it's, it's palpable kind of. Um, and so I can definitely tell when I walk into some place and if, you know, and if I'm, I didn't protect my energy, I kind of take a step back and, and do that because I'm not energetically available for people to drain me kind of thing. Like and it, it's a thought process as well, I think is really knowing that I'm not available for that because I know what it does to me and how it makes me feel. And if it doesn't make me feel good, then I want no part of it. Right. Right. And so how would you discern, because this is something that sometimes I struggle with, like, especially in business, is if it's something that's draining you and you're like, Ugh, I just don't want to do it. But you know, it's like essential that you have to do it. Like kind of what we were talking about earlier, like Facebook, like Facebook, especially for my blog stuff, like is so draining and overwhelming for me, but I also know that I have to do it. So how do you kind of overcome that? I think firstly is when we say we have to do something right there, the energy behind those words is kind of like, ugh, you know, like you have to do something. Um, I think that's one case where I'm like, you know, I try to, to rephrase like, you know what I'm saying? Like I get to do this because we don't really have to do anything. You could, you could, you know, have a blog without being on Facebook to a certain extent. Right. And just have a website or and the same thing for me. Like I could, not go through the social media, but I feel like it's something that's good because I get to reach more women. Um, I like that rephrasing it to, I get to. Yeah. Just because it is like, this is an opportunity for me. You know, not everybody has internet all around the world or not everybody woke up and can use both arms this morning or, and, and that's another thing. Gratitude has been huge. Um, and I think in rephrasing, and reframing my phrases has made a huge difference as well. So I get to do this and I get to do it in a way that is in alignment with me. So if I decide that, you know, like on Facebook, I shut down notifications or whatnot, you know, sometimes I interact a little more. Sometimes I kind of take a step back and just kind of, you know, take a breather because I feel like I get caught up in, in, in the feed and it's kind of like, whoa, you know, I'm getting sucked into this and that's definitely not what I want. Um, and so I, I definitely follow my gut in what feels good because like I said, if it doesn't feel good, I shouldn't be doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if it doesn't feel good, then maybe I should 
first of all, figure out why it doesn't feel good, right? Is it because my newsfeed? And that's one thing. I, I have I have two Facebooks. Um, one's kind of like for personal and family and, and, and close friends. Um, and I have another one where it's, you know, friends and, and business and, and all that. Because when I started, the second page was kind of when I was doing the beach body stuff. Um, and so I, I totally recognize that I barely spend any time on my page where it's just kind of like family and, and, you know, my closer circle, let's say. Yeah. Just because of the stuff that goes through newsfeed. And, and it's, it's really weird. Like I didn't notice before. And now I, if I want, if I go on, it's always on the second page that I started ultimately because that's where all the positive stuff is. That's where are the people that I align with are. Mm. And I don't align with my family and friends, but the, the things that are posted don't necessarily align with me as much because, you know, since I've been on this journey, I've been surrounding myself more and more with people who are like-minded and people who are, you know, kind of on the same wavelength. Um, And so one thing is really doing what feels good and what feels in alignment. And if it doesn't, then, you know, I kind of drop it to a certain extent because I feel like, um, and that's one thing I've noticed too, is on this, on this journey, you know, we're working on ourselves and bettering ourselves and we're raising our vibration. And, and, you know, even with the Marconics, like I'm raising my vibration and and when we're evolving, those who are around us that, you know, aren't in alignment with that, they're either going to have to catch up and kind of follow and, and raise their vibration as well, or they fall to the wayside. And I was reading a post in one of the groups the other day, um, and, and it was this woman who, you know, has been doing the work and she's been on a journey to better herself. And she, you know, she's kind of sad because she has a few friends that, you know, she's kind of not seeing as much, you know, and they were pretty close friends. You know, what I was telling her is unfortunately or fortunately, because, you know, you're raising your vibration to a certain point and, and if they're not following, then they're not going to resonate anymore. And, and, Yes, you may lose three friends, but look at it like you're making space for three new friends that are more in alignment with you and where you're at right now, you know, to come into your life. Um, and I think that's, that's true even with, with my journey. You know, I noticed that there are a lot of people, you know, I had a small circle to begin with, but there are a lot of people um, that I don't see much because we're not, you know, in the same space anymore. That's so, so crazy that you brought that up. Like I'm actually like, I have chills because this is exactly, I went through this last month or yeah, last month where I just had like, it was like several instances in a row that kind of like brought everything to like the fort to like the forefront. And I was like, okay, I need to, there's something going on here. But I, I really, I felt like I was realizing that like a lot of the friends that I had weren't my friends anymore. Like I wasn't seeing them. I didn't resonate with them. And I was like, I was gaining friends at the same time. Like I think it was like right when I first started my podcast. And so I was like reaching out to like some, maybe some women that I had like just connected with and like, they were so supportive. They were such great friends. And I was like, wow, like this feels really good. Like I feel like I'm in a really good space And I just, I went to hang out with some other friends and like, there was just a couple of, like I was saying, a couple instances that 
kind of like brought everything to the, to the head, like almost like a pimple. Like when you get that like white head, I realized I was like, Oh, I am not friends with these people anymore. And nor do I want to be friends with these people anymore. And it was like me realizing like, Oh, I'm not the same person that I was six months ago, a year ago or two years ago. And I think too, like I'm in my mid twenties. So I think that that just kind of like naturally and organically happens as you mature. But it was like a lot of these people were friends that I would go out and party with and like go out and drink with. And those things don't interest me anymore. Like, of course I'll do it for like a birthday or like once in a while, once in a while, but it's not like, I don't want to do that every weekend. Right. You know, like my, that's not where my energy is. And I've had to, I think, sacrifice and give up a lot of, of who I was in order to support the business and where I'm at now in my life. And I think part of that was just like shedding and letting go of, of friendships. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a great, a great perspective. It's like, okay, yeah, you're losing three friends, but you're also making space for three more new friends. Right. And I don't even look at it. I think you're gaining more than you're losing because those friends served, you know, where you were at when you resonated with them. And now you're kind of just, you're on another level. You're at a different level and you're working on yourself. And like I said, you know, sometimes people that are close to us kind of rise with us and in other situations, they kind of fall to the wayside. And, and yeah. Unfortunate, but at the same time, it's kind of, it's part of your growth, right? So you're, you're, yeah. you're working on yourself, on bettering yourself. So that's always Yeah, it was like I was literally like mourning the loss of like my old self is what it felt like. Like it was, I know that sounds so melodramatic, but that's like really just like how I felt. I was like, oh, like I didn't, I think it's like very hard for us as people, like it's just human beings to recognize our own growth because it's like we're with ourselves like 24 seven and like we're doing all, you know, like you are yourself. And so when you kind of have this like, I don't want to say out of body, but like when you're able to like pull your brain away from your, from yourself and like acknowledge and see certain situations and circumstances for what they really are and like really show that progression of growth. Like that's, I think when you begin to realize like, oh yeah, I'm not talking to this person or I'm not doing this habit or like, you know, doing these things anymore because they don't support where I'm currently at. So sometimes you don't even realize what's occurring. You're just like in such a growth mode. Yes. And I think another part of that too is knowing that you don't have to make everybody happy, right? You're only responsible for making yourself happy. And I think that was a huge thing for me too, because I used to be like, oh my gosh, you know, did I say something wrong? Did did I say something that might've offended somebody? Or, you know, maybe I'll go there if I really don't want to, but I'll just go because it'll make somebody happy. And it's kind of, I'm at a point now that, you know, of course you want to make other people happy, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I'm not going to make somebody else happy at my own, my own expense, right? I'm not going to make myself miserable and go to a party that I really don't want to go to, that I don't resonate with that, you know, um, and I think that's a huge part of it too, is knowing that, you know, you're only responsible for your own happiness. Yeah. And I think as women, like we really struggle with that, like, oh, I don't, you don't want to go to someone's party. And it's like, oh, how is that going to be perceived? And like, am I letting this person down? And it's, it almost is a lot of women are like, well, that sounds selfish if you like, don't do those things. And it's like, no, actually it's not like, right. you know, it's, you, it's really not like once you start, I think it gets easier and easier as, as you go on. But yeah, I mean, I think it really just, 
it really comes down to like, are you supporting yourself? Like, is, are you in an energetic space to be able to go to that party and like show up and really be present? Cause I, I always think of it like when someone says like, no, I'm like, well, if they don't want to go, then I don't want to force them to go because then they're going to be there. And the whole like energy and vibe of the whole party is going to be whack because right. they really don't want to be there. And that shows. Exactly. It does. It does. Even if you try to hide it, energy doesn't lie, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so, so kind of, so what is your why? Like, why did you, I know we talked a little bit about this cause you have children. So like, what is, what kind of was that shifting point of like, this is why I'm putting so much time and energy into improving myself. Um, me not being comfortable was rubbing off and affecting everybody around me because when you're not in a good place, you can't be, you know, happy. You can't be, I wasn't doing what I'm doing now. I was reactive. I was giving everybody else control or so I thought, right. I was making myself think that everybody else was, um, making me happy or unhappy. Uh, I was allowing situations and people and things to get me all worked up and, and, you know, shorten my fuse and, you know, I would lose it with the kids or, you know, I would yell or, and that still happens sometimes. I'll, I'll be honest, but you know, <laughs> like before, right. um, but I felt like I, like something had to give because I wasn't happy and it was just not a good situation for anybody. And like I said, it looked nice and pretty from the outside, but for me inside, it was like, okay, I'd snap and then I'd feel guilty. Uh, You know, I always felt like I wasn't doing enough as a mom, as a wife, as a business owner, as, um, and so I really felt like I had three kids that were looking up at me and was this really what I wanted them to see and think and kind of grow up into? And the answer was a hell no. Um, And so I, my whole thing is I know where I started and where I'm at now. And it took work. Um, it didn't happen overnight and it continues to be work because like I said, you know, and like you said, you can't be happy a hundred percent of the time. That just, well, it doesn't happen for me. Maybe it happens for some people, but it doesn't happen for me. Um, <laughs> and I can work through it. Right. And yeah. I have the tools now where I can, I can realize it. Like I'm conscious about it and, and I take a step back and, you know, if I get angry or whatever, it usually, you know, lasts about a second because I realize it right away and I kind of work my way through it. And, and I want my children to, to know that. I want my children to be able to find their own happiness. And in teaching my courses or with clients, it's not about me showing them the way. It's about me giving them tools that have worked for me. And maybe they won't work for them in the exact same aspect, but if we tweak them, they will work, right? I, I just want people to find their own path to finding their happiness and being able to if they're not happy to be able to work through it and figure out why, you know, like I said, you have triggers. Well, don't just let it trigger you and flip out and then feel guilty and and ball. And then it's just like, yeah, it's a perpetuating cycle. Yeah. Whereas if you, if you have the tools to be able to say, this is triggering, you know, the F out of me. Why is that? Because I think when you're not in this space of knowing that you, there's something better or a better way, like you just react to it and then you wait till it, you know, the dust falls and then, you keep going about your, your life and then it comes up again. Whereas when you, you take a look at it really, you know, under the surface and figure out why it's triggering you, 
And then that's, that's when you can release it. You know, you acknowledge it, work through it, release it, and then you move on. And I really want my kids to be able to do this because I feel like if I knew all of this when I was, you know, 10, 12, 15, I'd be a freaking powerhouse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And for me, it's kind of like, I don't want my daughters growing up thinking they have to fit into a box. Society tells us we have to fit in, whether it's, you know, being happy, whether it's having the corporate job, whether it's having the house, whether it's, you know, being a size zero, like I want them to be healthy inside out and my son as well. I want them to know that they need to pursue what makes them happy. They need to pursue what drives them, pursue what lights them on fire. And they, I want them to have the tools to be able to say, you know, when things happen in life, they're not happening to me, they're happening for me. And how do I look at this to be able to move past it if it's something that's not, you know, quite what they expected or what they, what they wanted. Um, Cause I think that if, if all or everybody and all the kids had these tools, I think the world would be a very different place. Um, and so oh, totally, I want to reach as many women as I can, because I feel like one woman at a time, the ripple effect is huge because the children that are looking up to her, her kids, her nieces, her nephews, the neighbor's kids, the kids, you know, at work, um, the effect you have. And I think we don't realize the effect we have on other people because I know for myself, like in me doing my work on myself and me raising my vibration and me using these tools, I notice an effect, you know, indirectly in my family. Oh, in, totally. In Definitely. Now you've hit on so many good things. I mean, I'm not a mother, but I would hope that when I am a mother that I'm conscious like you of raising children to like go after the things that they want instead of being like, you have to go to college, like not putting down my parents because they did, I think they did a familiar, phenomenal job with me. But I like, I think I've seen it in just on the internet (laughs) of all places, Um, like how the pressure that children feel to like, to kind of check all these boxes, like get the 4.0, be on a varsity team. And like, do even when I was in high school, like that was kind of the expectation. And that was definitely like where I flowed to. I think that was more of like a cultural influence more so than like my parents. Um, and, and I realized like very quickly when I was 22, like, okay, wow, I'm not cut out for corporate. Like I thought that I was, I thought this is what everyone did. And I just like could not imagine myself working another 40 to 50 years in an office, in a cubicle, like doing the whole like rat race of office politics. So it, I think, yeah, I think it does. I, what is that quote? I'm so bad at remembering quotes where it's like, if you want to change the world, like start with yourself, basically is what it says. And I totally believe that because I think it's a domino effect. It is. And I think the way society portrays success or makes us think we should get success is so lesbian. Like it's so out of, you know, what we should be teaching our children. You know, success isn't earning all the money and having only the nice cars. And, and, and yes, that's great and fine. Like I have no problem and no issues with, you know, either, you know, money or cars or houses, that's fine. But if you're doing it and you're not happy, then you're not succeeding in, in my mind. Yeah. You know, I think success is doing something that really fuels your soul and that really fulfills your purpose. I, I think. 
Yeah. Well, I think it's about redefining what success means for you. Like, that's what I really had to do because I thought like for success, I was like, oh, it means that I earned a hundred K a year that I drive, you know, a luxury vehicle that I like buy a house. I have a husband. I have all these things. And like when all of that whole dream just came crashing down, I was like, okay, wow. Like, does that mean that I'm not successful and I should just give up as a human being because I don't have those things? And I was like, no, like maybe success means something very different for me. Like maybe it's, am I having an impact on the world or the community around me? Like, am I a kind person? Like, I think success is also like how you want to be remembered in the world. Like, you know, like who, what do you want to be known for? Like, no one's going to remember that you had Gucci slides and a Louis Bell and you drove a BMW. Like, what if you're a really shitty person? Like, that's my fear. Exactly. And (laughs) I think it's people like, and I think it's just society and what's, what's being put out there, you know, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, you, in order to have success, you have to have all these nice things but they never talk about what kind of a person you need to be to succeed. And like I said, I'm all for having nice things. You know, I have no yeah. issues with that, but you have to have a, you know, you have to have a, you have to be a good person. You have to, you know, help others. You have to, you know, I think if you're, you're successful, you know, per society, but you're greedy and, and you're envious and, you know, you're, you're kind of just, you know, those, you know, and so many people you see that, you know, can't even look at somebody and say hi or can't smile or think that they're better because, you yeah. know, they do have success in that, in that fashion. I think, um, I just think that to, to me, that's not success. To me, success is truly finding something that makes you happy, being a good person, being able to contribute to society and help out somebody in need. Um, yeah. 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 I should clarify too. Like I'm not against people, you know, who have the very nice things. I would love some Gucci slides. You're listening. (laughs) Please send them my way. Um, But I think it also means like, yeah, you can have the nice things, but you can also be a really nice person on top of, on top of that. Um, And I I think think the the nice things are just the icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like they're just material things. Like they don't, they don't uh, bring you you happiness, but like the money brings you the freedom to do whatever you want, really. Um, But yeah, and I think too, it's like to place an emphasis, I think on personal development and as a whole, and just this whole arena is I don't think that doing the work makes you any better of a person. And I said this today, like, I think we're all kind of on an equal playing field and I don't, I don't ever think like, oh, I'm better than so-and-so or better than this person because like I do this work and it's like no I'm not I'm not a better person but I'm a better person today than I was a year ago than I was six months ago or three years ago or in your case like six years ago so it really I think it just really means like you have to you have to put yourself on your own like metric scale I think right yourself and nobody else yeah exactly because we'll never be anybody else. And I remember, you know, when I used to try to do the fad dieting and, and trying to, you know, look like those girls in the magazines. And of course you never attain that because you're not that person. Right. And, and they're photoshopped. Like, right. And it just baffles, you know, kind of baffles me to think that, you know, why, why did I not get that then? Right. Why did it take me all this time to, to realize I'm me and that's okay. And kind of, you know, loving myself for who I am was really, really hard. Um, and it took a lot of work and I still have to, you know, kind of reel myself in sometimes, but 
it's kind of like where I was is not where I'm at, you know, in any aspect of my life, which I'm pretty happy about because it was kind of (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can have a beautiful like face, a beautiful body. I think John Mayer said it was like, if you have a pretty face, like congratulations, it's just a face. Like, you know, like that's literally genetics. It has nothing to do with like controllable like things. So, so yeah, I think that's an important factor to to consider too. So as far as your business goes, so you, so tell us a little bit about how you specifically work with women. Um, I'm just launching now uh, a seven week program because I, my thing is, is I, you know, like you said, like we have to earn a living, but at the same time, I want to be able to reach as many women as possible because I know what it feels like. And I can still remember the feeling of feeling like, like the suffocating and and not even knowing where to turn kind of because everybody thought everything was so perfect. And it's kind of like, Oh my gosh, you know, you can't talk to anybody. Um, so I know the feeling of being stuck. So I have this seven week program that I'm, I'm launching right now actually, um, which is a seven weeks where we look at all the aspects. We look at the mindset, we look at the health and nutrition because you know, health and nutrition is really important and removing, removing like toxicity from you know, your life, because I think that is, that plays a huge part in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go into that and, you know, meditating and journaling and manifestation. And I kind of, like I said, I share my tools because I know the tools work because I've implemented them. I've used them. I've seen what they can do, but that doesn't mean my way is the way, you know, I'll give the tools, but I'm, I want to work with the women for them to be able to find how to implement them in their daily lives so that it's sustainable long-term because the goal here is kind of to help you get to the point where you're happier, you know, more of the time than not. And if something's not, you know, creating happiness, then how to look at that and kind of work through it. So um, during these seven weeks, I share my tools and we kind of do the homework, you know, during the seven weeks so that at the end of the seven weeks, you have a routine, you have daily tools to help you, you know, whether it's your, your fitness and nutrition, how to connect within, um, how to, you know, flip the switch on your thoughts. Um, we work through all of that throughout the seven weeks. So it's, uh, seven modules that are released weekly on the membership site. Women have, you know, lifetime access to it. I'm going to be doing, um, a live workshop every week during the seven weeks to touch upon the modules and do a Q and a, um, there's going to be kind of, you know, homework to do, and I will be available like via Voxer or messaging during the seven weeks. And then I'm also taking on uh, five one-on-one clients and we kind of go through the same, through the same areas that we work on, but it's more customized to what, you know, whatever each woman needs um, to really thrive. And so that's a four month program where we have weekly calls uh, we do the homework, you know, I'm available to them via Voxer Messenger. Um, and we kind of dive a little bit deeper because we can do a lot in seven weeks, but uh, in four months, we can really do the deep diving. And if there's triggers that are coming up, we can kind of work through them a little bit more. Um, so those are the two ways right now that I'm working with clients. Awesome. That's great. That's really I exciting. I think, yeah, I think. I think hat plate, like you were saying, painting a whole picture of, of whole health. Like, cause it's not, I think, yeah, I totally agree with, especially with mindset. Like 
it's not just about like your brain. It's also about your body as like a vessel of its own, of its own right. Um, and I notice a huge dip. Like if I'm, you know, eating Taco Bell, which like it's such my Taco Bell is my weak spot. Like I really wish it wasn't because <laughs> it's so bad for you, but I cannot stay away sometimes. I'm like, I feel like crap. And then I'm not like at that like that optimum level that I feel like I need to be in to, to really right. support the things that I want to do. So I think that that's a good, a great, a great focus. And so on Instagram, how can people find you? Um, I'm whole health with Jen and it has underscores between each word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have crazy and fit ish on Facebook, which is my, my business page. Or my website is uh, my name, jengagnon.rocks. Perfect. And I will include all of those links in the episode description notes. So if you guys want to scroll down and you guys can find all of those links that she just said as well. So thank you so much, Jen, for being here. I really appreciate you taking some time out to speak with me. Thank you. Thank you.